You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Long, brought to you by JPEX Adventure Cycling Frame Bags, uh, as well as lots of other cool adventure cycling shit. I added that part on myself. Uh, You can visit their website at www.jpax.com, and that is jpaks.com. You have heard us talk about them here on the show before, uh, talking about long rides, lots of like long gravel rides and stuff like that. Um, They make some really, really cool frame bags. They make uh, lots of ways to carry lots of stuff on your bike. Uh, So... Check them out. Uh, They sponsor the show now, and uh, we're really happy about it because we really like their stuff. They sponsor the show for this episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's right now. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we would like to thank a couple of people that sent some contributions last week. Uh, Joe T. sent the $25. Cliff M. sent $25. And old Jakey D., Gave me $5 to buy myself a beer on my birthday. And uh, let's just say that I did buy myself a beer on my birthday. And it was... Uh, lots of beers were purchased. Lots of beers were purchased. Many hangovers were had. Uh, yeah. It was great. Um, and I do have some JPAC stuff. It's great. I just emailed Joe today about ordering another product. And I'm eagerly awaiting to hear back um, both his emails and... Uh, Many others. Ah! So we'll just leave it at that. Um, so in new stuff, uh, or stuff going on with us this week, uh, if you follow along Brick House Racing, my blog, you will see that uh, I announced this week I will be going to Colorado this summer. Um, sometime around the first week-ish of April, I will be moving out there for a seasonal position at the 9250 Cyclery um, location in, well, near Blackhawk, Colorado, up in the mountains. Um, so if you are in that area, come by and see me. Uh, bring me a box of wine and maybe I'll give your bike a tune up or something like that. Um, you know, you gotta bring some money too, but you know, I, I do love box wine. <laughs> juice box. I love my, I love my juice box. <laughs> um, so yeah, check that out. You can go to my blog and read all about it. Um, I'm sure I'll post more about it uh, in the upcoming couple of or few uh, weeks and months. So uh, check that out, uh, Matt. You said you wanted to. You had a couple of things to talk about that were. It was those contributions. Oh okay okay, that was just that was it. You want to get straight into unless Kenny wants to talk about stuff. He's got his little miniature computer over here. It's it's adorable. It is. It's super cute. It's a cute little tablet you've got there, Kenny. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, all right. Is there anything anything cool going on the on in the life of Kenny? Uh, nothing too crazy. I rode Arkansas, um, not Solano, because I know everybody gets all pissy when we talk about Solano. <laughs> but I don't really care. Uh, but I rode Iron Mountain, which is also awesome. Um, Iron Mountain is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But anyway, it was just awesome. It's been kind of off and on cold around here, and it was just really, really nice over the weekend, and it was just one of those really, really fun trips where everything worked out really well. 
no mechanicals, no crashes. Everybody rode fast. Like it was really fun. So, and I still love my bike. It's awesome. And I really rode my new 24 hole, um, Knox carbon, uh, naughty wheel. I rode it super hard. Um, Quit being a dick. Thorpe, get yeah, off of there. They pretty much fight at the exact same time every, every night. night. Every r- Monday night, right when we start the show, I have to get a broom and poke Thor with it so he stops bothering the other cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and ra- he doesn't care. Like the, the cat he's bothering cares more about me poking him with a broom. <laughs> he's like, that, that, by the way, that broom has ergon handles on it. That is That is real talk. <laughs> there, he's chased. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, I'm sure a picture may be posted. Be, that's definitely got to be the cover photo for the show, is me poking a cat with a broom handle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I rode my Knox 24 hole, and it was really good. Um, it's definitely, it's quite different. I need to play with tire pressure a little bit. It felt a little bit on the firm side compared to what I was riding with mm. the same pressure. So You don't like it firm up front? Nope. It was, what were you riding up front, the crest before? Uh, race gold. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, come on now. Uh, what tire, uh, an ardent non-EXO, non-tubeless 2.25 at what pressure? Uh, I was running about 24 on the front before. Oh, what's That's a, a lot, lot of pressure. You? Yeah, I throw it into corners, bitch. Don't need that thing I mean, over. so do all of us. I mean, you're not, you still haven't went faster than me at Solomo. I am the uh, I am the Arkansas beat one of my stage times on one of the Enduros at Arkansas. Oh, Gauntlet is thrown. What about the entire Solmo race stage? Isn't that a stage? Like, could be, but it's a lot slower. Okay, so <laughs> you want me to go faster than you on anything in Arkansas? On any of the labeled Enduro stages out there? Out at Iron there? Mountain. Oh, at Iron Mountain. Yeah. Well, that's that's totally. Whack. You've ridden Iron Mountain like a dozen times. Yeah. I've ridden Iron Mountain once. We'll go ride it. Get fast. Anyway. Um, no, I just what I've been running, and it's worked just fine for me. 24 PSI. You that is like 145 pounds, don't you? Yeah. You That's so much pressure. That this morning? 158. Yep. I'm running 17 in the front. In a 2.25? In a 2.4. That's, yeah, that's way different. But no, I'm, I'm using a 2.25, but I'm using the EXO version on my hardtail. I've got the 2.25 on there, and I put it right at 20 PSI on my pump. Also, the EXO... And XO, I've, I've been, like, just ripping. Keep in mind, the EXO version has a little stiffer sidewalls. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why you ride it, because it doesn't flat. Well, it's got, <laughs> it's got stiffer sidewalls, so you can run less pressure in it. So what did you lower your pressure to? Uh, I don't know. You just, like, let a little out. Yeah, I went, like, psh. That was about it. As, you're probably about 19 now. <laughs> I, listening to that amount of air you let out, um, I would say you're riding 19. <laughs> and for what it's worth, um, we'll go something as small as a cyclocross tire. I'm riding those uh, Maxus Mud Wrestlers, and I run 35, and Ryan, and I weigh, at cross season, I was a little bit lighter, I think. I've actually gained weight. I'm still not fat, though. It's weird. I don't know what's happening. I think I'm getting like a little bit. You're filling out. I'm getting a booty. Um, (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) um, Ryan's a good, he's probably, I don't know, like 15 pounds heavier than me. Or 20. Or something. But he's heavier than me and he was riding 30 PSI, but he was riding that Vittoria TNT XG. Like that tire, it just. It rides like a piece of concrete. It feels like the entire 
tire is made out of like the tread portion of like it feels like a, a car a tire continental hard shell like gator skin so um, I do understand that the differences in sidewalls make yeah. a make a huge difference in pressure but what I was really getting at other than uh, I'm way faster than you at all those endurance I'm way faster than you when you have to pedal all fucking day so well, I'm talking about using the tire and railing corners and hitting berms and going fast and being so you don't think, and you don't think that I like ride a constant and steady fast all day when I like beat you by 30 well, it's minutes easy, it's easy to ride day. slow on low pressure for sure so. oh my god you guys are so dumb. I'm going to have to pull up some... some no, no. <laughs> do not do that. But anyway, because being you once wasn't enough. I'm okay. going to... If I if you guys don't stop, I'm going to slam your computer shut and end the show right now. The moral of the story is... Um, <laughs> I'm going to poke you. Uh, don't make me poke you with the broom handle. Stop. Kenny's talking. I went with Kenny a... Has the floor. I went with a... It's like a two or three mil wider rim than I had before. Right. So it's more air volume in there now, and I need to run less pressure. Right. So I just kind of I threw what I usually ran in there, and I was very happy with. And on this new wheel, it feels quite different. So not that that should be a surprise, but just sharing my experience and uh, lowered some pressure, felt better. It is definitely, without a doubt, and this is also not a shocker. It does feel more. It feels stiffer vertically. So I definitely feel a little bit more chatter bumps and all that kind of stuff than I did on uh, the race golds. You just feel, I feel more input through the bar and, and I'm not talking about in like a controlled way, like, Hey, it feels more confident. I just get more vibration at the bar basically because the wheel is stiffer. Like, like. Iron Mountain has a lot of gravel surface. For those of you out there that don't know, I know Micah Gordon knows. It's like loose over hard. Iron Mountain is like the definition of loose over hard. But it's it very well could be like if you were asked, like, what is Iron Mountain? You would just say, like, it's not really dirt. It's gravel. And so what you're saying is, and I understand this, but so everyone out there is on the same page. You're saying when the surface that you're riding on has a texture that is, I would say, not large enough. To be a small bump, you feel more of that. Yeah. And, and that is exactly what I, I totally and 100% believe you and I agree with you 100%. And that is the reason my Knox wheels will never go back on my hardtail unless I'm racing like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would be, if I were going to do like short track race that had a lot of money on the line, like where I was just like, Whatever, I'll put together the fastest thing, or like I don't know, like a fire road hill climb or something. Y- you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't ride carbon wheels on the hardtail anymore because of that. Um, and and when I rode my Knoxes at Solomo on the hardtail, I definitely got really beat up feeling. Um, the last Solomo I felt was one of the hardest ones I've done. The conditions weren't great, but it just. It felt like it took so much out of me. And looking back, I think a lot of it had to do with my wheels were just stiffer. Um, and we were talking after the show last week. That's why I want to get a crest laced into that other wheel that I have instead of the arch. Is I just want... I rode it some more this week on some like unrefined four-wheeler trails where it's just like, you know, bumpy. And it was just like... like you just feel it. And it, it, it feels a lot like a carbon ram, actually, like the arch does. It's just like... You hit a bump and it like kind of 
these little bitty bumps, it's almost like a little baby G out where you like kind of like I'm bobbing my head. No one in Radio Lake can see that. <laughs> you, you know what I'm getting at, though. Yeah. I'm see, I stop talking and drink my beer. I have felt like so. I've been riding the pillar wheels. Oh, they're perfect, Jacob. You did everything right. I love them. Give me seven more pairs. I would love another pair of them, but I would say that the pillars they ride very much like the Trail Twenty Fours. Um, but since I am riding slightly different tires between Ooh. between the pillars and the Trail Twenty Fours um, right now, like so on my Trail Twenty Fours, the aluminum set I have an Ardent Two Point Four and an Ardent Race Two Point Two, uh, and they're on the full suspension. Uh, and I now have the pillars on my hardtail with an Ardent 2.25 in the front and the Icon 2.3 in the back. Um, and I, I really like the only thing that I just is just noticeable between the two as far, I mean, the, as far as like rolling over bumps and stuff, I honestly don't know if I could tell a difference. And I, I won't know until I like just back to back test the wheels with the same tires. But I, the, the one thing that is just really noticeable for me and really fun is that when I lean the bike into a corner, I get just a little bit more input. Like when I lean my like outside thigh against the saddle, the bike turns in a little bit faster. And it's just like, it gives you that extra little like giggle factor, you know? Yeah. So I noticed something similar to that and it's, I'm being really honest here. Um, like the carbon wheels are awesome. They're light. They're strong. All that stuff is great. You know, the, the tires don't explode off of them or anything stupid. Everything is good. Um, but coming from, I'm just, I'm so used to riding my old wheel set. And yeah, I, I was yeah, honestly yeah. very happy. And the happy Trail with 24s them. and the Race Golds are different animals. Yes. And I'm, I was very happy. And, you know, for people that don't know, I was running a Crest 32 rear and a Race Gold 32 hole front. So a very noodly race day kind of only wheel set. Although I rode it every single day and jumped it and all that shit and it was fine. And I had many, 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 many thousands of miles on them. Um, but I was very used to and I was very happy with that wheel set. It was like, you know, it was like that indentation in the couch and you like, it's, <laughs> you sit in it. And that, like your that, mattress you, with a U-sized dent in it. Yeah, that's or what it. you expect. It, they rode very predictably. And while I could tell in certain situations they did flex a little bit, I was just so used to the way the bike handled that I just, I rode the bike that way. I never felt like the wheels handicapped me at all. I thought they were great. Um, I went to new wheels because I'm realizing that the racy aluminum wheels are just getting beat up over time, and I'm just tired of replacing rim hoops on them, and I wanted something that's going to be ultimately stronger and last even longer. And that's why I went with what I did, and I also took a little bit of weight out. That was a whole other reason. Um, but with all that said, the first thing I noticed when I got the whole wheel set on, because I had just the rear for a while, um, got that front on a is it's insanely light. It is ridiculous. It's actually like 20 grams or so lighter than even a race goal. Oh, so man. it's really, it's actually almost scary light. It almost feels like the front is unstable because of it. Like it just, it wants to just it like move. So it quick. wants to ping pong like around stuff. It's really crazy. And it tracks really? very true. And I can tell that like when you do put an input at the bars, it is an instantaneous change of direction. Yes. Um, I like that about... So, question for you. Yeah. You said 120 fork on the jet was too slow. You think a 120 fork with a carbon wheel, you could slack it out 
and it would be slower, but you have a quicker responding wheel, so it would offset that by being faster responding. I think so. I, I really do think that's possible. Um, I'm actually running my fork at 110 right now, and I'm quite happy with it. Um, coupled with a little bit shorter stem and a wider bar and a little bit longer fork, I actually think that right now my bike at 110 feels like my old setup at 100. And I know that sounds like me being really picky and only a 10 mil difference, but... You know what? Once you've ridden enough bikes, enough hours, I think you can... Those like small differences like that are legitimate. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just giving my input on what all I've I've experienced. Anyway, I really like the wheels, and I have to just get used to riding them. And I'm already quite used to them, but it took me a little while. The first couple corners at Iron Mountain, I would actually take like two bites into the corner because I would turn. Yeah. I would turn too soon. Yes. I I think I like you would turn in and be like, oh god, and have to like re coop and then turn in again. Yeah, I think I I I was I think I was kind of doing that the first time I rode the pillars. Yeah. But you get used to it really quick. Yeah. And I'm wondering what it's going to be like to go back to the trail 24s. Yeah, it actually it's funny. I actually I almost had to ride smoother with the aluminum wheels. Once you go carbon, you don't go back. Yeah. When I rode the aluminum wheels, I think you almost had to ride smoother. But now I can actually, like, late turn into corners and, like, throw the bike at tiny little berms. And it responds to that stuff a lot better. So I almost feel like I have to ride the bike a little responsive. bit Responsive? They're, it's more responsive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I that hate, really I is, be, like, that's the industry I hate to be a cliche, but, for... I mean, it really is. It feels different. And the thing is, I'm being super honest here. I don't necessarily say in the way in which I ride and the trails that I ride that the carbon wheels are necessary or necessarily better. They're definitely not worse. They're, They're just, just different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If you're kind of curious what the feel difference is in handling between the wheels, if you forget about the weight for a second and the durability and all the other positives, just the what it feels like riding the bike back to back, that's what the difference is in the carbon wheel. And it's kind of fascinating to me um, that they do feel very different. I mean, it's not... For somebody who is in tune with their bike, you will be able to know immediately that the wheels are different. So, but so far I really like them and I took them off the, all the drops and all that good stuff that's out there and nothing exploded. They're all, they're still perfectly true. I scratched the shit out of them. Um, I mean, every rock yeah, uh, I, bounces off the rim and it's just how it goes. And I like that stuff actually. I like yep. having scratches on them. Gotta give them some personality. They do. Uh, but yeah, awesome. I have nothing, I have nothing bad to say about them. They are just different. And I'll get used to it. And so it's I will... an Industry 9 hub and a Knox carbon wheel, or rim. Yeah, so CX race folks, which is what most of the factory builds are that you get from, uh, if you buy them direct from Knox. Uh, I9 hubs, and I've got that really wacky um, cyclocross slash road disc 24-hole front hub. That they I9 say you should not. That I say do. I should not uh, use. But they say that in a way in which, like, hey, we can't recommend that you do it. But, but it's a hub. It bolts on the fork. It's going to be fine. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, Kenny and I spent a couple of minutes talking about why it's okay for Kenny to do this. So go back to last week's episode and listen. We're not going to talk about it again. It's a waste of our loyal <laughs> listeners' time, and it's a way to get you to clickbait back to the last episode. So go. Yeah. Now. Check it out. But I think uh, I talked about it last week like I, that I like my bike, and I still love my bike. It's awesome. Like, yeah. I would just, yeah, you get to hear why Kenny likes his bike. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, I was all smiles after this ride. Like I was just looking at my bike, and yeah, it's still... Did you, did you cry a little bit? No. Like, <laughs> probably, a unicorn tear came out? I probably should have. But, like, it's an aluminum bike. Like, there are still some nicer things technically I could get, but 
I really like the bike. It rides really well, and like it's been solid, and I'm super so happy with it. It sounds like Kenny's aluminum jet is like my aluminum CAD 10. It's like you have a very nice, you have a very, very, very raceable, you have like the nicest budget bike. Like my CAD 10 has SRAM Red, 10 speed. I, mean, yeah, I don't know that I would call either of our bikes that we're talking about budget bikes, but. Well, but no, <laughs> but like for, I guess what I would say, like privateer. Yes. Like you don't have like a $10,000 Epic. Yes. You have at retail probably like a, a $5,000 bike. Somewhere in the ballpark. It's probably, unfortunately, quite a bit more expensive. It's than not, that, but it's not. I can tell you, it, it it's gotta be, uh, because I just the wheels and frame are four thousand or right at four thousand. Right. But everything else you have on that bike doesn't quickly add up to another couple that's thousand. True. It's because true. that's the big chunk items, and you're running a, are you running a Sid or a Reba? A Sid. Okay. Um. So that's another good chunk. But I think I did the math on my Jet Nine one time, and at retail it was. It was like eight. You know, that's, that's expensive as shit. But you don't have a dropper post. You have a normal post. That's only about a hundred dollar difference because you have that half flex post. But, um, yeah, I added up my bike and it's, it's unfortunately very expensive, but it's still like, as far as privateers go, there's a lot of places you could save, you could save a grand out of that bike and not really change it a lot. Yeah. And I guess what I'm getting at like is... Like, if you put a Thompson post on it instead of that high flex... Yes, but I being guess... Being a full suspension, it's not going to it's not gonna weigh much more... But according to Kenny, it makes a huge difference in ride quality. But what I'm getting at is, what Kenny did... And this is leading into one of our questions, is why I want to go over this. Is That's Kenny, good, because it's been Kenny took minutes. an affordable frame and put all the badass parts he wants on it. Because, sure, my Jet 9 frame is lighter than Kenny's Jet 9. My Jet 9 RDO... Carbon is lighter than his Jet 9 alloy. Of course, it's carbon, but it's also $1,000 more. And with that $1,000, Kenny was able to spend it in a different way towards his end build. Um, and <clears throat> the By the same, way, isn't this beer delicious? It's good, yeah. The The same thing with my bike. When I originally got my CAD 10, I went with the CAD 10 with an Ultegra build because that's that was the best bang for buck that I could get. It had... Nice enough wheels. It had a nice enough component system. Nothing on the bike was total shit. And a, later, I got a SRAM Red Group and a power meter for it. And now I'm riding, I mean, 10 speed aside, that doesn't really matter. No one's going to notice it. But I have a SRAM Red 10 speed power meter aluminum bike that's fast as hell. And I've easily, I, I'll call it right now. If you want to add up, like, sure, I've raced some people a bunch of times, but I have, there's over a hundred times that I've beat bikes twice the cost of my road bike. I mean, just because you can buy a $10,000 Venge aerodynamic DI2 Roval, all this shit, like carbon wheel bike, but when it comes time to do the work and like attack and a crit and see what happens, me and my aluminum bike and my aluminum wheels and my like total like I don't know, Braveheart, do or die, is going to be better than your 50-year-old overweight banker on a $10,000 Venge. I mean, and that's just like Kenny. Kenny's like, fuck it. I'm going to corner late. I'm not going to break. My wheels are stiff. My bike's great. I love my bars. My seat post is comfy. And I ride enough hours that I know this bike inside and out. And I Exactly. Yeah, like you... Like, just... I, I, I can't imagine replacing my CAD 10 just on the principle of having a Super 6 Evo. And I'm sure that Kenny can't imagine just buying 
a Jet 9 RDO or a Tall Boy or, um, God, I can't, I, I blanked out. What's the, what would be the other bike from an, not intense, but shit. What would be another good carbon? There's not another good carbon 29er. Yeah, maybe uh, like, like a, a Mach like 29. 29. Yeah, the, the new SL one yeah. would be cool. But you can't imagine just dropping three grand retail to yeah. save that. You know, it just doesn't make sense because what we're talking about here is like, my bike is awesome enough that it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And why would I spend that much? And the only reason, honestly, that I have the Jet 9 is it was just... This this turn of events came about where like I had the opportunity to cash out a debt owed as that frame, so I got the Jet Nine RDO, and it was like, well, I already had the Knox wheels, and I just like kind of put it together from like parts. I, I would never, and like sometimes I look at that bike and I'm like, this is mine, like really, like I get to go and like jump this and scratch it and like rub my taint on the seat. Like, are you serious? Like, this is my bike. And I really can't believe it because, I mean, it, it was just a couple of years ago that I was racing a monocog and, like, happy to have a mountain bike that had tubeless wheels. Like, you know, so it's a big... How does this lead into our question? It's going to lead into the correct question. We're going to talk... Do you want to run through all the questions or do you want to talk about this question first? Let's do this question first and then see where it leads us. Okay, so... uh Oh. No. Was I, it going to be the giant question? It, yeah, but I don't remember what it was called. Oh, okay. So Carlos sent this question tonight. Um, my name is Carlos and I'm addicted. I ain't, my name is Carlos and I am an addicted mountain bike rider. I got $2,000. I got $2,000 to at my disposal. Okay. I'm not just drunk. <laughs> uh, and I've been thinking of buying the 2014 Giant Trance X2. I don't race. I just love to ride as much and my local single track, or as much as I can at my local single track trails. And my present bike is old and falling apart. Can you please let me know what your thoughts are about the Giant? And if it's not worth it, can you point me to another bike around two grand? Uh, below are the specs. And I went ahead and pulled it up online along with two other bikes. Um, oh God. I accidentally closed over that tab. The email? Because uh, I can I can read it because I, I was... Okay, so it is a... I'm trying to figure out what size wheels it is, though. It's probably a 27.5 because that's... Giant, remember Giant, Giant said... Giant only makes 27.5 now. Incorrect. Really? That is incorrect. They were going to. They announced that that's where they were going to be well, their business plan. I'm sure they got enough pushback that they... It kind of looks like a 29 just looking at it. Uh, they got a bunch of pushback on that, so they weren't able to follow through with that. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It says Trans X 29er. Like in the, the picture. I clicked on the picture in the email, and it opened up the picture of the bike. and. So it is a 29er. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, he wants to spend $2,000 on this hunk of crap. Um, what fork is that? I can't Recon tell. Silver. Eh. Monarch or rear At least shock. it's a Recon and not like a... Hold on, hold on. The bars are giant. The bar stem, seat post, seat. Everything is giant. The shifters, front derailleur, rear derailleur, brakes, cassette, chain, bottom bracket. Everything is Dior. 
It's total Dior garbage. Um, it has. I mean, those brakes aren't terrible. Well, okay, the brakes aren't. But I it don't has, think any of that is like terrible stuff. Don't be talking bad about Dior in here. Dior, Dior is awesome. But remember, like our like our, our guideline for how how cheap of a bike you should get, it's tubeless wheels and a yes. decent suspension. Yes, and this doesn't. I look at this bike and I see written all over it. 32 pounds. Don't get me wrong. This thing out of the box is going to be heavy as shit, but it's not going to break in the first five minutes. But I look at this and I see 32 pound 29er with a bunch of Dior that's not going to shift that great. I think we should look at it this way. If the guy, if this person is truly going to be happy with a bike that weighs 30 plus pounds, that's great. But from a reliability standpoint and a serviceability standpoint, we can, we can rebuild the fork. Uh, it's got Shimano parts, which in my opinion are fairly Is reliable silver, at this level. Is the silver, uh, a, an alloy, uh, stanchion and steer tube? No, it's steel. steel. It's oh. a steel, it's a aluminum steer tube. Okay. These stanchions are steel. Yeah, that, that fork is kind of a turd. Yeah, I mean, And your, your wheels aren't tubeless. Yeah, it's... Which sucks. Here's the thing, and I'm sure Matt is going to get to this. This, I've seen worse bikes. That's going to be my input. However, if you are willing to spend... 500 extra dollars or so, you can get something that is so much better. The problem you run into on this bike is while the frame is, let's say, okay, um, if you want to start upgrading and you get serious about it, you have to change everything. Everything. Every single last component but on I mean, it's bike. got 10-speed stuff on it. You could put a like a single chain ring you on could. this crank. You could. Okay. But, but like if you wanted to like take some weight off, it's the fork. It's the wheels. Well, it's the it's, cassette. Well, I'd say the, the fork but, and the wheels are the worst part. But no, but here's the deal. Like, you say, I want to go one by ten and save some weight, right? So you take the front derailleur off. That's zero cost. You take the chain rings off. That's zero cost. You add in a, a race-based neurowide ring. That's $55? I don't know, 40 50 Let's say 50 Something bucks. like that. You put on an XT cassette. That's $115 because it, the Dior cassette is a turd. It is so um, heavy. When Kenny Kenny sold me an SLX 1x10 or SLX rear shifter and rear derailleur like ready to go for my hardtail. Like I, once I got the jet, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is so nice. I really need to ride my hardtail more to not put a bunch of miles on this because it's like my race bike. Like I want to put miles on my hardtail and I want to race that bike and I want to ride that bike enough to stay used to it. And I know that Kenny really believes like ride the bike, whatever, but I, I really like leaving the miles off of it. You know, I'm not wearing out suspension pivots and bearings and shock seals and all that stuff. But anyways, um, it, it, it's, I looked at the cassette and I'm like, well, I'll just use like an SLX cassette on this bike. And he's like, well, here. And he like tossed me one. And when I caught it, my arm popped out of socket. And I was like, oh my God, I can't take this home. One, I can't drive now. And two, this thing's a turd. You know, like the XT cassette is so much lighter. Yeah. So like, for this guy though, if he isn't worried about weight and he really just wants to worry about like function, I would say that this bike is not that great because of the fork and the wheels. Yeah, like I, functionally, I say, functionally, those things are not great, especially the wheels. That fork is heavy. However, 
It's rebuildable in the same fashion as pretty much all the other RockShox stuff, so that's a positive. It's a 32 millimeter. It uses the same four. uses the same seals. It uses regular damper oil. Like everything about it is fairly normal, but it is heavy, um, like really, really heavy. And the wheels are crap. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, if you can, for whatever reason, look over those two areas of the bike, it will be reliable but insanely heavy. Uh, at least if you get this, at least. Try see if your your shop will sell back the wheel like buy back the wheels and buy a set of like ZTR wheels or like the the arch or flow on SRAM X9 hub um uh wheels from Quality Bike Parts. Your shop if your shop orders stuff from Quality, which if they don't, that's insane. Um, they should be able to get you a set. What do those go for now? I know the price went up a little bit. They but retail for 400 for the set. If yeah. you get X9s on any of your choice of Stan's rim hoops. So if, you're, uh, if your shop is worth a shit at all, I think they should sell that bike to you for 2300 with the wheels and buyback and all that stuff. It sounds good. All right, so I'm going to launch into this $2,000 budget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break your heart. Um you don't have enough money to buy a full suspension bike. No, you do not. Yeah. Your bike is going to suck. Your bike is going to be a piece of crap. You're, you're going to you're gonna your like, bike. You're going to like blow your shoulders out lifting it onto your rack. No, you're going to start riding it. And sure, it's better than the old dilapidated jalopy you're riding now, but it's still going to suck. And no one at your bike shop is going to tell you that it sucks. None of your friends are going to tell you that it sucks. But a year from now, you're going to look at it and go... Wow, this bike sucks. It's gonna be like that girl that you've been dating for two months, oh, and you look at her on. and you're like, "Oh man, she is crazy." But in like a girl that you can like walk away from, this can is we, a two thousand dollar bike. Can we leave girls out of this? Well, I'm just saying, like we've all been there. Where like you're like, "Oh man, I've never been there." Well, you didn't kiss a girl and like it. <laughs> <laughs> See, gotcha. Uh, no, I mean, how do you know? I'm, I don't. Um, you're correct. What I'm getting at is there's always, you've always been in this situation where like, man, I shouldn't have done that. And guess what? That bike, you shouldn't have done it. Don't do it. I'm going to tell you three bikes you can buy. The first bike, four bikes. Okay. You say you want to go around $2,000, right? Matt's philosophy, anything worth doing is over, worth overdoing. It's worth overdoing. You can get a Trek Superfly 7 for $2,089. That is right here on the Trek website. That's not any like hoopapa, like garbage. What, is, what what was that word? Hoopapa? I don't know. Never like, mind. Just keep on talking. There's no like price let's, shenanigans let's get through there. These. It's twenty one hundred dollars on their website. It comes with a Reba. It comes with tubeless ready wheels. This is really important. Tubeless ready tires. Mm. It's actually funny that so many bikes are sold with tubeless ready wheels. And then they're not sold with tubeless ready tires. Right. So you, with, it's, which isn't with Bonfire, 100% it's not necessary, but it's not a bad idea. Okay. I will, with I will tires. talk shit about a brand mm. that we carry. So Niner for many years, and maybe they've changed this year, but for many, many years they sold Schwalbe. their complete bikes with the Schwalbe. Uh, <laughs> and they were not tubeless in any way, shape, or form. And they, no they extra, would not set up. No extra nothing. So no extra sidewall protection, not tubeless rated. And we tried many, many, many times to seat those up tubeless, and they damn near blow off the rims for one. And yeah, they just leak, and it's horrible. So 
it's really, really funny to me that some companies did that. that but be, some companies, like, I mean, you are, you are riding a Maxxis tire that is not tubeless ready, and it works. Well, Schwalbe tires are awful. And <laughs> if you have some, you should just set them on fire and do everything you can to deplete the ozone so we die sooner so we see less Schwalbe tires. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Why this, don't you tell us how you really feel? This bike comes with a Reba. It comes with tubeless ready wheels, tubeless ready tires. It comes with SLX shifter, XT rear derailleur, um, Dior hydraulic brakes, and it is twenty one hundred bucks. If you don't want, if you want, to is do, that an aluminum or carbon? Aluminum. Okay. If you want to do two thousand out the door, you can spend eighteen sixty nine. You still get a Reba. Uh, this would be your Superfly. The first one was a Superfly 7. This is a Superfly 6. You still get a Reba. Your wheels are no longer... Oh, I'm sorry. The wheels are tubeless ready. The tires are still tubeless ready. The drivetrain is now SRAM, which we're not really a fan of for the mountain stuff. Uh, but that's your real difference. And I mean, it's, it's all a, right. It's just not as good as Shimano. And instead of having a real Dior brake, you now have the M447, but it's still a Shimano hydraulic brake. If, it, if it's SRAM, still if, it's better not, than uh, if it's not XO or XX, I'm just not even interested. Right, so this guy would be better off. Carlos, you should spend 300 bucks and get the Superfly 7 that comes with SRAM. Wait, so what was or, the deal with the with the Trance? The Trance isn't 2000 is it? Is it 1800 I missed that part. It's two, he says he has a $2,000 budget. Yeah, but what is the retail on the Giant? Ooh, I don't know. What's it say in the email here? I don't know if it says the the price. I I'm, I'm just hoping that the retail on the Giant is not $2,000. Because if it is, for $100 extra, you get the Trek. And it's like every uh, single component is better. But it's not full suspension anymore. Yeah. Oh, you were showing him a hardtail. Yeah. Because I already told him he doesn't. I just told him he doesn't. Oh, have okay. I thought it was. I thought it was an alloy Superfly for twenty one hundred that had all that shit. No, I was no, like, no, that no, is amazing. No. So okay, that's why I don't like Superfly being a full suspension and a hardtail. That's stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah. But uh, so he didn't. He didn't say where he lives. Where he like he says, I just love to ride as much as I can on my local trails. He didn't say what his local trails are like. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe he just wants a full suspension bike. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't have full suspension money. I so, mean, something else you could do is you could be, and this is, this, we're, we're talking sketchy here, um, but you can buy a very nice used bike. Um, as long as you get the thing checked out and you know exactly what you're buying at that point. I'm just trying to see, for example, if you say, I absolutely want to have full suspension and I absolutely can only spend $2,000, my advice to you would be yeah. buy something that may have retailed for three or four thousand dollars that could now cost two thousand because it's used. Make sure that you had it checked out and also expect to spend a couple hundred bucks to freshen it up. Um, like new chain, new cassette, yes. maybe some cables and yeah. housing, stuff like that. But you're much better served doing that, I think, than buying a brand new bike for two thousand. But still, he doesn't have full suspension money, he doesn't, and he's buying, he's looking at a bike that's like a, a middle bike, he's looking at like a jet. I mean, he's not looking at a bike that's a, a a huge bike, is what I'm getting at. He's looking at a 120 millimeter travel bike. It's not like he's looking for a six inch travel bike, and we're telling him to get a hardtail with an 80 millimeter fork. I yeah. mean, it. I well, guess if I'm, if he doesn't have to have, if he's really indifferent about full suspension, then maybe he should get the hardtail. 
And that's what we're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, that kind of like, really that's why I'm we're giving sure. him these options. It's like, like it, if you really think you need full, if you really are just dead set on full suspension, this bike needs at least new wheels and tires. Yeah. Um, or you should get a used bike, like Kenny said, that retailed for three or $4,000. If you're not dead set on full suspension, your best bet's going to go with something like what Matt suggested. Get a hardtail that's a $2,000 hardtail, and you're going to get a way nicer bike. Okay. Or... Let's just up the ante here. You need to spend the extra money. You need to get a Trek Superfly Full Suspension 7, which is going to have a Reba. It's going to have a Monarch RL rear shock. It's going to have tubeless-ready wheels, tubeless-ready tires, a Dior front shifter, uh, XT rear derailleur, and Dior brakes. Boom. Done. you got to spend 400 extra bucks. How much is it? 24 Okay, so that's not that bad. Not really. I mean, you're 2600 out the door. That's still better than getting a trance and upgrading it and all that stuff. Regardless what you feel about, about Trek bikes, I don't care. That trance isn't really a good bike. And the, the Reba fork is worth the extra money. Get, it's going to be so much lighter because of the aluminum oh, stanchions versus there, there the steel. There might also be, is there, maybe there's a trance one step above that. So. That's not quite as much of a turd. Problem is, I can't find that trance. I don't know where Carlos lives. Uh, okay. So, I can't find a trance that matches his trance on the U.S. website. Ooh. So, there's a chance that we're looking at the wrong trance because it's actually not a 29er. And Ooh, then does just, he maybe live in West Virginia? West Virginia has... <laughs> no, no. If he lived there, he wouldn't have internet because they don't have electricity. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not part of the United States anymore, are they? They, they are. I think they are. They are. I don't know because when he when he like if you click on the photo that's in the email that, but that he doesn't sent, matter. It says it says it has US in the URL. Well, I don't know. Then, you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We've we've talked enough. We've given Carlos our the, opinion. He gets the general idea. He well, should. But, okay, he should so know. let me let me run through this though, because this was really interesting. Are you saying because his name is Carlos, he might be from Mexico? I'm just saying that I couldn't find a similar bike on the U.S. <laughs> website in my drunken searching. Okay. Try Giant Dash Mex. <laughs> Real quick, I found this to be very interesting. The 2015 Specialized Crave Pro at $2,000. Oh, I knew that had to come in somewhere. <laughs> no, there's just one little cool thing about it. You get um, a Fox Fork. You get Dior Brakes, XT Rear Derailleur, SLX Shifters, a SRAM Cassette, Specialized Wheels with a 26 millimeter internal width. Oh, that's kind of nice. That's rowdy as hell. So that's that's where I was going with this. So um, so he should get a crave. He should get a crave, and it comes with tubeless ready tires. Specialized is going to sponsor a show eventually. Specialized is probably going to give us a cease and desist for being so drunk and talking about their stuff all the time. They're going to be like, you can't use the word crave anymore on just. Right yeah, do we wrong. have anything about? Do they have a bike called like a, a like, or maybe they have a slogan called like just ride? Oh man! And our show is called Just Riding Along. We're probably going to get sued. Because, like, that's pretty much the same and, thing. And every time Matt says, I'm craving Maker's Mark and Sprite, they're going to sue us for an armadillo and a half. That is true. Mike Senior can <laughs> produce a vacuum on my testicles. 
You know what we should do? I want to see... <laughs> I want to see if we can get... Can I tell you a joke? I want to see if we can get a letter from Special Dying. Committee. I'm dying a little bit. Can I tell you a joke? Avity Elixir once. I was applying for a job today. And then one of their form things was, tell me a joke. And it was at a bike shop. I said, Avid Elixir once. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> oh man oh. I'm, I'm crying a little bit oh. <laughs> i'm crying a lot <laughs> so you have crave options at 18 and two thousand dollars also if you're gonna have to have a full suspension go to 2400 bucks and carlos your question has been put to bed you know what i think we should get on twitter and we need to do like we need to see if we can say i'll bet you can't sue a specialized like and give them like a challenge i want to see if they can do it um, I want to see if they can I don't, figure out a way. I don't, I, I, but I, I do want to hear my, Matt say in person. If <laughs> you can produce a vacuum on my testicles. Um, I mean, if you have a problem with us sitting here and week in, week out, pretty much blowing your product and saying this shit's great, you do a good job of specking your parts, you good, do a good job of making bikes. No one listens to our show, so they're not going to sue us. I think they're more interested in suing us than saying thanks for... Uh, thanks for bumping our products. <laughs> well, that's what I was getting at. If you allow us to bump your product and then suddenly you, you have a slogan you come up with. Mike Sinyard like, was one episode away from giving you a free Crave and then he heard you say that and now he's well, going to sue you, know you instead. I had two Craves and I sold one. <laughs> so how about that? I sold one on eBay to some dude in Alabama. Greenboat. I didn't know people in Alabama had enough teeth to ride bikes. I mean, come on. You need very few teeth to actually ride a bike, it turns out. Um, Can we talk about the next question before I die a little more? Robert H. said, you can clean your hydration bladder with denture tabs. Jesus Christ, Robert. We should also probably make a, we should keep a list going of all the states that hate us. So, Alabama's on there, West Virginia's on there. We West Virginia didn't hear us because they don't, they don't have internet in West Virginia. Remember? Yeah, that's true. We talk bad about, like, Wisconsin and Minnesota and a bunch of those cold states in the middle. Well, I mean, um, no one lives I'm there. I'm going to go to Minnesota. Don't say that. Don't say that. No, I'm just saying that we don't we Don't think agitate. Funny. Minnesota's great. Don't <laughs> agitate them. I might go there. <laughs> uh, Who we, the hell wants to go to Minnesota this time of year? You Minnesota. Know, you know, I think that if you, talk to so race, weird there. if you wanted to race the Frozen 40, a premier fat bike race Y'all in talk so weird. Oh, oh, this is fun. What other states do we not like? This is great. I wanted to, like, run through this. I wanted to answer these questions. I want everybody to be super mad. Our I want listeners. the guy that's, like, laughing right now, and then we talk bad about the state he's in, and he's like, aww. <laughs> aww. Texas. Oh, I am Texas. Only steers and queers come from Texas, and I don't see horns on you. <laughs> I, I'm really just kidding about that. I'm making for I'm making more fun of rednecks than anything else with that quote. Um, was that was that the only thing we're just saying? Denture cleaner can, can clean out your hydration pack. Yes. Okay. You can clean your hydration pack with denture cleaner. All right. Uh, and then the next question is from. Uh, you can also clean your camelback with cocaine. If you're curious, and isn't what? That expensive? Y'all, started, y'all started talking over me, so it sort of got dropped. But I was like, my answer to that was, I said, you can clean your hydration bladder with denture tabs. I was like, God, he must be old. 
That was my joke, is that he must be old if he knows you can use denture cleaner to clean your camelback. I don't know what that shit would taste like, the aftertaste. Funny story, there was a dude that once came into the shop and said he used camelback reservoir tabs, and then another employee was like, if you don't rinse it out, what kind of aftertaste does it leave? He goes, rinse it out? I don't rinse it out. I put it in with my water. And I'm like... Wait, they make they make a tablet that's like an electrolyte. No, they make elixir, uh-huh. which is a tab, and they make cleaning tablets. And he wanted cleaning tablets. He didn't want what we had in the tube that looks like noon. He it's wanted, probably really bad that they make both of those things that are shaped like the exact same and look the like exact a little same. effervescent tablet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like really oh awesome. look, it's fizzing inside, and it smells <laughs> like bleach. <laughs> I love this flavor. <laughs> uh, Dean sent us a question. I almost 200 pounds, and I like to ride a lot of different trails. I am old and slow. So he's like the Roy Nelson of... I really like getting up big hills and seeing what I can see. 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 I really... He didn't put those last couple C's in there. I don't really race, so do I need a power meter? And if so, what's the cheapest one that doesn't suck? Um, he rides a bicycle with 3 by 9 and avid brakes. Um, First off, you might be a little hard pressed to find. We're getting there. Well, a cork at least. We're, we're getting there. So I said a cork. I, I sent this guy an email because he had a couple of questions, and I, I wanted to answer all of them. Um, Are you sure he wasn't joking about the power meter? I'm, I was confused on that when I read it. He asked the question, so I'm answering it. I mean, there's really no tone in an email, so I'm not really sure that if he... I thought he was asking for... I really quickly read it. I thought he was asking for advice about something else, and then he was like, oh, by the way, should I buy a power meter and all this other well, stuff? Well, I'm giving him a twofold answer. My okay. first one is no. If, if you like riding to see what you can see, you don't need a power meter. And then the cheapest one that doesn't suck, unfortunately, there's not one, because the only thing that would work with your 3 by 9 is a stages... And you can go back and listen. I hate Stages Power Meters. I think they're awful. Um, their customer service is terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, they're <laughs> power spikes. Like in my new Garmin, I named my bikes according to the power meters that are on them. And I call my, my, uh, my mountain bike Captain Spiky just because it's going to power spike. Um, yeah. I mean, cork is really for mountain bikes. Cork is. I, I, honestly, I haven't used the SRM, so I can't say it sucks or it's good. I'm sure the well, SRM is great. It's well, just it's like way more. Yeah, it's so. just way more expensive. Um, but that's where I, I sent him an email, and that's what I told him. And the only thing that's going to work with his existing three by nine is stages, because Ab is only going to or Cork is only going to make something for a one by system. What about what's the four eyes thing? Is that out yet? It's not available. Okay, it's vaporware. All right. So that's the first question. The second part is uh, brake pads. He says this. His local bike shop never has elixir brake pads in stock. You need a different bike shop, number one. Yeah, number two, like the, you should always have elixir brake pads in the stock. The part number you need, you're a big dude, so you need metallic pads. Every bicycle shop can order from QBP. You need the part number B as in boy, R as in Roger, 2012. So BR2012. BR2012. That's the part number. Of the brake pad you need. Go in, tell me you want some. If you go back a week later and they don't have them, don't shop there again. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, and then he asked, also I get through Memphis all the time. Can you think of anything good to ride there that's an easy ride from somewhere to park a truck? Uh, so it sounds like maybe he's a truck driver. Um, and I gave him an email 
a really good place to park and get to one of the trails and offered an invitation that if he's ever coming through, let us know. Uh, maybe we can ride with him. Worst thing that happens is we're busy. So, uh, Dean, there you go. And then we had one from Twitter that we're going to go through real quick. Hold on. Uh, let me let me just add, because I think a lot of people ask the same question Dean has about, do I need a power meter? No. If you want a very good way to gauge your effort while you are training, then yes, a power meter is a very good way to do that. If you just like to go out and ride and you don't, you're not training for anything, you don't really care that much, don't waste the money. I mean, spend that extra money on something nice for your bike to make your ride more fun. You know, get Some a, people just like to look at numbers. Yeah, I mean, if you like the numbers... Like, in all seriousness, I'm good. not trying like, to be smart. I'm just saying some people like to, like, look at shit. And, I mean, it's fine, but just... It's not going to make you a better rider. And that's... that's it's, what just, it's just going to spit out a bunch of numbers, and you can look at them. Actually, what I put in my email that I kind of glazed over here is, like, if you like to go ride to look at stuff... And just, like, ride. Why would you want a power meter? So you can stare at your Garmin. Like, if you yeah. go to ride to see what you can see, why would you want to just look at a number or change it on your screen? Yeah, I mean, it's a very effective training tool. Like, if my goal yeah. was to go out and get lost somewhere that I've never ridden before and go, like, have fun and explore, I don't want to look at a power meter. I Like, I would that would be the last thing that I'm interested in. So. Yeah. So, next question. Oh. Okay, so, this is this guy's uh, Twitter name. DJ Cox. Woo! Uh, How do you spell that last part? C-O-X. Cox. Okay. Uh, He says, um, let's see. Should I trust my local bike shop with my fork and shocks when they need service or send it to a specialty place such as Push? I've heard the Reba and Pike are relatively easy to service. Is it worth getting the SEALs kit and try an overhaul? Um, and I said that we would answer this, but I said that honestly, Kenny would probably end up answering this. My two cents on it is I would never send anything to push. Um, I can't imagine push doing anything to my shock that I can't do because to be honest with you, this is just me. I'm pretty dumb. Um, uh, when it comes to suspension, as far as setup, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm and tame like I'm really picky about my bikes but suspension I just don't care I put air in it and I like twist the knob and I'm like yay and I just like ride it um so I don't know I'm curious as what Kenny says about that like would you send something to push I'm gonna leave push out of it um here's the thing with push is Maybe. that they actually do make for certain forks and I don't remember which because I I don't send stuff to push very often but there are certain situations in which their services are good um, they're quite good at revalving Fox rear shocks in particular. I know that much. And I mean, actually revalving. So they're actually changing the guts of them. So the oil flows differently and it behaves differently. They're not just putting different weight oil in or any of that kind of stuff. So there's that portion of it. They make much fewer valving parts for forks, especially for rock shocks forks. I think there's almost nothing that they make for rock shock stuff. So if you're sending them a rock shocks, they're going to put in their um, their proprietary O-rings that have supposedly less friction, I believe. And they're going to put in whatever oil they use, and they're going to just do what any other shop would do as far as a rebuild goes. That's to my knowledge. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that is what I've gathered um, by looking at all their services. So as far as the bike shop doing it, unfortunately, it is like so up in the air. I've seen places locally and elsewhere that offer suspension rebuilds and just absolutely botch everything. 
It is not difficult to do, but it's surprising how few shops actually know how to do it properly. It's really terrifying. Is it a lot like frying an egg? Like, it's really not hard to fry an egg. But it's also as equally easy... To fuck it up. ...to fry an egg terribly wrong. Yeah, I mean, a lot of places just... It's amazing how many places you'll say, hey, do a rebuild, and they... If they don't even say, like, how deep you want to go into the fork, it's probably a bad thing. Like, you need to say, they need to say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to replace the wiper seals, and that's all we're going to do. And if that's what you want, great. But some places, when you say, hey, I want a full suspension rebuild, I've seen places change, like, one O-ring inside and change the oil and put the old wipers back on. (laughs) And, like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's... So... People have very, very different definitions of what would be considered a full rebuild. What and, I would and if consider, your shop doesn't know the difference between, if your shop doesn't understand what should be rebuilt, if you bring a fork in and you say, I want a full rebuild, or if they can't explain to you what the different levels would be, then that's probably not the shop you need to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, a real quick rundown. I don't want to get too far into this, into the rabbit hole of suspension and rebuilding and all that stuff, but generally, Front forks, replace your wiper seals. Those are just the two. That's like little, general maintenance. Well, That's and, like replacing and, and your maybe chain. Let's answer this. Let's answer both of those questions at once. Should he trust the local bike shop or should he try it himself? <sighs> well, and, and let's let's go back and start on. You were just about to break into like traditional fork rebuilding, and yeah. what would you need to do that? You need a ground off socket, the correct size, probably a twenty four or twenty six millimeter. Correct. You don't even need that for just replacing seals. Yeah, no, for doing the wiper seals, you don't have to take off any top caps. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. See, I haven't rebuilt a fork in a long time, so I don't remember this. Yeah, um, you, you, there's a lot of You need times, like a deep 10 and a long yeah, five. five. You're, you're probably going to need a five millimeter socket driven, like three-eighths drive, uh, five mil socket, and with probably an extension on it. And that's going to take the bolt out of your lower. Um, and you're going to take both sides out and they're going to vary depending on the manufacturer and the year of the fork and a whole lot of other things. But basically you're going to take two bolts or nuts out on the bottom and you're going to have to break them with a hammer before you take them out. And then you can pull the lowers off and some oil is going to come out and it's going to vary depending on what kind of fork it is. Uh, and then you basically pop the seals out of the lowers, you put new ones in and you put the whole thing back together. I mean, that's a very, very high level overview of what it is. But you're replacing those two little r- cylindrical rubber outer seals, the ones that you can see and touch on the fork. And those you want to do those most frequently. Those are the most important ones to do. It's, it's like replacing your chain. Yeah, you do them all the time. You can never do them too frequently. Um, and that's what that's your first line of defense of keeping all the shit out of your fork. And, um, and when you pop that open, you'll see the little foam wiper right below it. And it'll yes. come in the same package. So. Yes. So that's what I would consider a wiper replacement on a fork. That's what I, as a shop, do most frequently because that's what you should do most frequently. Um, the next thing is what I would consider is a full rebuild of a shot of a front fork. So that's going to be any single seal that's in that fork is going to be replaced. Any fluid in that fork, either in the actual damper or in the lowers, that's all going to be replaced. The whole air spring, uh, all the O-rings in there are going to be replaced. So anything that you could possibly replace, you're going to replace. Um, you don't have to do that one as often. The manufacturer tells you you got to do it all the time. It's yeah, it's probably a little bit you of a stretch. You can do it like once a year and be all right. You can probably even do it less frequently than that. If you're always changing your wipers, which is your first line of defense, then I say you don't have to do it very often. I usually do two or three wiper replacements before I do a full rebuild. And it this really is, on- is. like That's the difference. It's like replacing your chain 
versus replacing your entire drivetrain. Yes. Drivetrain. Like, you you will eventually need to replace your whole drivetrain. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've had to sneeze since, like, I was reading those opening things. And I just sneezed so hard, my... Like, I think I, like, threw my back out. Oh, nice. my God. But the, those wipers are super, super oh. important. If you don't replace those wipers, uh, you're going to wear that nice, uh, super... You're going to wear that super expensive coating off your stanchions, whether it's gold or black or whatever the hell it is. It's very expensive because you have to replace the whole upper assembly, and you don't want to do that because when I tell you what the bill is, you're going to cry, and uh, you don't want to do that. You'll just sell the bike. Yeah, pretty much. So, And then do your wipers. Figure out that'll be that full suspension bike on eBay for way too cheap. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so really get it, get a grasp of what your local bike shop is able to do. And usually you can, you can ask this question by saying, Hey, uh, here's my fork. What would you recommend and why? And when whatever service they recommend, say what all is involved in that. And if they just say, Oh, replacing seals, like you need to be specific, say which seals and why. Um, and if they can't tell you those things, take it somewhere else. Cause it's very simple. It's, I would it's be- not hard to do. And you can test to know if they, yes, you you'll know what they're doing. Like if you ask them what Kenny's saying, and they don't have a good answer, if they like stutter a lot, or you know, say we don't do that. Yeah. Like that's that's a good sign that you should just go to. If a shop has answers to all of those questions, then it's it's probably really it's fine to trust them with your fork. Yeah, um, but yeah, ask very specific questions. If a customer came to me. And gave, say, hey, I'm really curious exactly what you do on a fork rebuild. I would be tickled. I'd be like, hey, this is what we do and why. And like, I would be really happy to give that information out. And he'd giggle because he's tickled. I know. Um, but you know, the mechanic should be happy to give that information out. They shouldn't be shady about it. If they're shady about it, they probably don't know what the hell they're doing. Or they're going to charge you for a very expensive rebuild and replace like one O-ring and reuse seals. They're going to spray some of that finish line suspension lube on your (laughs) fork and give it back to you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a surprising though. I would say that probably half of shops that even deal with a large number of mountain bikes have no idea what the fuck they're doing when it comes to suspension rebuilding. I can say that a if you're solid in, half of if them. you are in the Denver Boulder area and you're wondering about this, once I'm at 9250, I will know what you're talking about, and I can talk with you in depth about it, and I can rebuild your fork. I so, went to the shop once that refused to touch tubular tires. And I can glue tubulars like a motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. I'll even glue your mountain bike tubulars. I'll glue. I refuse to glue tubular tires. You just don't know how to do it. I know. I don't want to. I hate them. I hate people that ride them. I hate everything about them. <laughs> but you've never ridden them, have you? No, I won't. I'll, I'll ghost ride it into the wall. Dude. Let me tell you this. Tubular tires are Let me like, tell you this. Have you ever... It's like sex without a condom. It is. It is. The difference <laughs> is like... The difference I mean, between, you shouldn't do it, but when you do, oh my God. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, I have ridden tubulars in the gutter. Like, you are my tubulars in the gutter. I was... Because of what you had just said before that, I was trying to leave it out. But I've ridden tubular... We're still talking about sex? Like, we're talking about tubular tires. I've taken tubular tires up the white line. You know, like, the 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 curb edge it's of like, the road. It's like... I mean, it's... No, stop. Uh, up the curb edge of the road. 
underpower up the curb on like a county road where the grass is growing into the road and the road's all cracked. And it's just, it feels as smooth as a normal road. Because it, it, they're okay, so it, it really is. Like, that's why people deal with the and, shit of two wheelers because they are awesome. It, it's like in this one race here in town. Like, I would take it up the white line and then I would be on the inside of this tight corner. And I would just stay in the power and lean that bitch over and pass like seventeen to twenty six people every yeah, like, fucking and if it's, lap of this race. If you're like doing a crit or something and it's like a little like sandy, oh fuck them! You got traction. If it's like it a works. little sandy, gravelly, or just a tiny bit wet, like you let a little pressure out and you have so much traction. Like it's it's so good. Yeah, like a tubular, like ninety five psi or like ninety psi is yeah. just like dude. It is like slicks on the debut. I bet. It's just like you have so much traction and everyone else is like, oh my God. And you're like holding your finger out the window, like going by sideways and it doesn't even matter. It's, they, they are a pain and I sold mine because I don't really road race. But like if I had unlimited money and space and time, you better believe like I would ride tubulars on training rides. Yeah. That I good. just don't do them. I actually think it's almost comical that I don't because it's just like funny. It's um, so easy. I, I let somebody else in the shop who loves it do it, and I'm just like, okay, that's who, fine. What, like Joel? Joel loves okay. it. He gets he like giggles every time. I'm like, hey man, I, I sent you some tubulars because I don't glue tubulars. <laughs> yeah, you can always bring them over here. We'll we'll exchange gluing them for like you can rebuild my you can you can turn my wheels for me. <laughs> All right, uh, good stuff. All right, are we? What else we got to talk about? Is there any new shit we probably hate? It's really late. Yeah, it's been an hour and four minutes. Okay. There is currently no shit that I hate. Um, I can tell you about a product that's really great. The dog ears Garmin replacement or Garmin repair thing. Uh, we got a couple of those in the house and I put one on an Edge 500 that was already broken and it works great. Yeah, like um, if the little tabs break off the back of your Edge. But for what it's worth, um, I wouldn't do it. That's That's just my take on it. So I wouldn't use one if you are a really cheap bastard. Do it. Great. Cool. Can't you just buy a new back from Garmin? Even better than that, you can take your Garmin and mail it to them. Like, you get an RA set up and everything. And for my Edge 500, I mailed them my old one. Uh, it got wet. It didn't get wet. I washed the motherfucker. I put it in the washing <laughs> machine. And it went through the washer, and I turned it on, and I was like, oh my god, this works, but I don't know how long it's going to work, so I pulled all the data off of it, and I sent it back to Garmin. Like, it was one of those things I knew it would die, and I would be really upset. Well, so, what do they do? Do they just have a guy, like, he pulls it out of the package, and he, like, he blew on it, and then, like, put it back in? No, they have a dude that pulls it out of the package. He goes, yep, you sent me back an Edge 500. They toss that bitch in the trash, and they mail you a new one for eighty nine ninety nine with shipping. Oh, okay. Like, I asked him, I'm like, so how long does it take to rebuild? And the lady's like, we don't actually rebuild them. We send you a refurbished one. And the only thing I And I did that with my 705 that had a cracked screen and the battery was dying. I like got a, a refurbished 705 because they don't make that one anymore. There's nothing refurbished about it. It's a new one. And like the only it thing probably I means imagine, that, you know it, it was a return or something goofy or or a factory second that like somebody that's highly trained saw a tiny blemish in but I didn't notice like I mean, especially what I had, I was going for one that was 3 years old and like scratched a shit in back and I get this new one and I'm like Dude, so even if it did was like a second, like what I compared it to was like some beat up shit, so it didn't matter. It's actually probably not a bad plan. I don't know how 
what the rules are with this, but I would imagine if you have a Garmin that's say three, four, five years old that like doesn't hold a charge anymore and like the screen is like all scratched up. Well, yeah, I mean, if even it if doesn't it functions, hold a charge anymore, that's. I mean, like my 705, well, that was you the. Call them well, what's you, the limitation on that? Is there a certain number of years where they will do this? Well, no, it's like a. It's, a, it's just like a bike crash replacement. Okay. It's like the. Well, I didn't know if they only offered it for like a year it's or like two years. It's kind of like a cold charge on a car. Or, or they don't even care where you bought the thing from. If they receive back what you say you're giving them. The thing, she didn't ask me for a receipt. She okay. didn't ask me when I bought it. Well, that's really cool. She then. didn't care about the fact that I bought it used from a buddy I know. Like, I didn't tell her that, but she didn't ask. So, I mean, it, it was really, I guess. So for the people out there that are really cheap, go buy broken garments on eBay, and then for like ninety bucks plus whatever you have no, in the garment, no, no, you get a new one. No, if your buddy breaks a garment, you say, "Hey, let me have that. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can fix it," and they'll be like, "Whatever," and then you return it and you get a new one for like a third of the price. So there you go. Um, that's our little. The more you know. So if man, I'm about to go troll eBay. So if you're a really cheap bastard, you buy dog ears. And for twenty bucks, you fix your broken garment. But if you're a kind of cheap bastard and you want to like, well, there's a middle of the ground there. Like you can order a new back from Garmin, or you can just, or you can, you can get, get a whole crash replacement Garmin for ninety bucks. For well, that's like the that's like, like the to me that the was least just, cheap bastard. That was like a, a no brainer. No, the least cheap bastard would do what I did because so I washed mine, right, and then. I used your broken one while mine was gone. Yeah. And I taped that motherfucker to my Garmin mount <laughs> so it wouldn't fall off when I was riding. Right. And I rode a couple of road rides with it like that, and then mine came back, and I started using mine. So. And if you're really baller, you just buy a whole new Garmin, and you give your broken one to your buddy. There you go. Daddy ain't balling like that. No. And there you have it. The more you know. Uh, Alright, uh, is that so, everything? So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 5 being the most crabby, how crabby are you? Not crabby at all, I'm hammered. Okay. Kind of. Was it crabby, or was that the crabby scale or the tired scale? It doesn't matter. I don't remember. I'm neither. You're not crabby beer. or tired? I'm beer. Alright. And if you want beer, and you're in the Minnesota area on, Minnesota area on Tuesday... You can go to the Surly Brewing something or another. Find it on Facebook. Mountain Bike Radio is going to buy you a beer. Just show up. Go to Mountain Bike Radio on Facebook. You probably have to type it in. And if they... Because Facebook, like, throttles back... This is a really good thing to bring up right now because I hate this. This is, like, a new-ish thing that I hate. Facebook, um, for businesses and even for, like, not businesses. Like, my blog is not a business. Um, If you post a link... From, like, a, a page. Not your personal thing, but, like, I have a page for Brick House Racing, just like Ben has a page for Mountain Bike Radio. When you post, if you don't pay them some money to boost your post, they won't put it in everyone's news feed. And so, like, Ben, you know, Mountain Bike Radio has, like, a million and five followers on Facebook, but, like, 200 people will actually see posts that he makes. So, go to Twitter to follow Mountain Bike Radio. Um, otherwise, you need to go to like their actual Facebook page and say that you want to follow their feed. Um, but really, just go to Twitter. Like, fuck Facebook. I, I hate Facebook for that because they do that to me all the time. If I post a link to Mountain Bike Radio, they, people don't see it. Like, five people actually see it because it tells me how many people see each post and fuck them for that. So, 
Uh, yeah, go to Twitter and follow Mountain Bike Radio. Um, or, you know, like, get their emails, which is awesome. Because you can see that at Surly Brewing uh, on Tuesday, February 17th, if you go there for the Mountain Bike Radio meetup, um, you will get your first beer for free. Um, so go there and get a beer. I think I'm going to drive to Minnesota just to get a free beer. Yeah, Is Minnesota too. part of the U.S. now, too? Did Canada give that back? They did. They did. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> they did. Okay. They <laughs> they like, I was just double-checking. They didn't like... Was uh, was Minnesota too warm for they you? They didn't like the way that they're from Minnesota, but they call sodas pop. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought that that transaction took place recently. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When I was like third... Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. So RSVP. Was that the ben? was that the Minnesota purchase? That's what I learned about. The Minnesota purchase. <laughs> <laughs> I have any looks for oh. once. <laughs> Kenny, you're the James May of this show. <laughs> it's like you're so serious, and then all of a sudden you drop like a, a Minnesota purchase bomb on us. Yeah, it was a Minnesota purchase of 1946. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, you can go to Mountain Bike Radio. You can also go to surlybrewing.com, find more information about that, and the Minnesota Purchase of 1946. <laughs> um, and get a free beer. Uh, okay, are we are we finished for tonight? Yes. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Um, go and check out J-Packs. It is J- brought to you by J-Packs Adventure Cycling Frame Bags. That is www.jpaks.com. That's J-Packs, plural. Because if you only sold one pack, you probably wouldn't have a very good business plan. <laughs>